0: If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Season four is all about love. Each episode, we explore a different aspect of love with science, stories, skills, and songs so that you can slow down and stress less.
1: It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with intuition. Get cozy,
0: grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. Does the word intuition pique a sense of excitement and curiosity when you hear it? Do you binge watch shows about psychics Witches and people with extra human abilities? Or are you a total skeptic about all of it? Either way, we dedicate today's show to you. So Elizabeth,
1: how do you define intuition? I think this meme I found really says it best for me, which is when you have a keen sense of feely feels that feel feely and you feel like you know things that you don't know but you do know because you're feeling them. (laughs) So that's what intuition is to me. It's your sixth sense, a feeling sense that there is a knowing, but you don't know how you know, you just know.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
1: And I was just like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs>
0: exactly. It, it sounds like you wrote that meme. Right. Yeah, I was just like, oh, wait, was that, did I write that? Casey, how do you define intuition? I once heard someone say that intuition is the highest form of intelligence. That someone is Albert Einstein. Was it Albert Einstein? (laughs) Apparently. That's right, because I knew him personally and he Mm -hmm. told me that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I remember it. We both have auditory and photographic memories. Right, right. So... (laughs) you know i called him al al told me that i totally agree with that statement because the more that i develop my intuition the more i realize that it is infinitely more intelligent than anything that my mind can come up with and that it's it's consistently that way so that definition really resonated with me and i also think of it as a consistent valuable source of insight
1: Yeah, I like those words, consistent, valuable source of insight. For me, one of the most important things I can talk about regarding intuition is when our nervous systems are calmed and soothed and we're feeling very centered, that's when it's easiest to tap in to your intuition. And that's when your intuition is most valuable because that's when it's most accurate. That word consistent is important to me because I think intuition is always on and we access it when we're in that calm centered state. And that intuition is kind of our natural way of being because we're just in tune. We're in tune with ourselves, with those around us, with nature, we are tapped in to what is. We're tapped into the collective conscious and unconscious when our nervous system is regulated and we're feeling centered. And that's the trick, right? Because a lot of times we can get confused between, ooh, is it fear or is it intuition? And I think a lot of times people are following their fear or following their trauma, thinking that they're following their intuition. That's why intuition is so tricky.
0: Yeah, I love the HeartMath Institute because they compile evidence that actually shows the intelligence and intuitive capability of the human heart. You were talking about people not knowing whether or not they're manifesting from fear. What they found at the HeartMath Institute that when people are feeling irritated, anxious, frustrated, the heart's rhythmic activity registers as incoherent. That means that the little lines that go across are jagged and they spike up and down and there's no real coherency. Now on the flip side of that, they found that when people are feeling love, compassion, appreciation, the heart's rhythmic activity is more coherent and so it's smoother and the lines are more even. So when you're
1: stressed out or you're feeling really uncomfortable emotions, more likely than not, your intuition is off. It's not giving you really accurate information. I remember a time when um, Dale and I were in a really desperate situation in Los Angeles due to some violence that erupted at our apartment. We had to move out of our house in a day and we were just desperate to find a new place to live. And a situation came up that I thought my intuition was leading me to. And we were going to get to live in this massive luxury three-bedroom, three-bath apartment for half the price if we helped the management company to run this building. And we were waiting for the management company to contact us back to tell us if we had the apartment and the job or not. And we were so desperate, my nervous system was all over the place. And I remember sitting outside the building, trying to calm and center myself and feeling so fearful, so upset, and so desperate to move into this place. And I just sat there like trying to pour my energy into the ground and and trying to pour my energy into this building. And because I felt so desperate, I forgot about one of the most important things that to this day is a guiding light with my intuition, which is alignment. And just saying, I'm in alignment with the best apartment for me. If it's not this apartment, I let this apartment go with love. I want the best situation for Dale and I. And I didn't do that. And we ended up moving in to this big, gorgeous, amazing apartment. And it was a nightmare. We kind of spent the year in hell and it ended on a terrible note. And Moved out again and didn't have anywhere to go. And we were in the same place we were a year before. And it was a complete mess. Thank God for our friends, Eric, Nicole, and Sariu, who gave us places to stay. Thank you so much, y'all. You saved our lives. But it was just one of those things where I really thought my intuition was leading me into this situation. And it was not. I thought the outside thing was going to save me. Now, we all know better. (laughs) We all want the outside thing to save us. But if you're manifesting from fear, most likely you're going to manifest an effed up situation. I've done it enough to tell (laughs) y'all. Compare that to right now, Dale and I are trying to buy a house and we are going through escrow right now and we check in with each other. How do you feel? Do you feel like we're gonna get the house? And he's like, yeah, I kinda just feel like we're gonna get this house. And we just feel like we're gonna get this house. And while I am excited and detached and will be really bummed if we don't get the house, I have learned so much through manifesting from fear, thinking I was following intuition, Right now, when I just sort of tap into us getting this house, there's just this feeling of neutrality and of like, yeah, we're going to get it, you know, and I'm not counting on it to save me. Yes, I do want it. Yes, I want to create that next level of stability in my life. And I am attached to doing that, but I want to do it in alignment
0: with my highest good. I remember when I first started to get into intuition. I first of all thought it was outside of me. You know, you did such a beautiful job of describing it as something that's inside of you that's always available that when we are centered and regulate our nervous system, we can access. I thought that that it was outside of me and that it was something that I had to sit down and forcefully connect with. And and even in that like pressure that I put on myself, I was putting myself into a stress state and then I'd get even more frustrated that I wasn't getting any intuitive connections and that my Claire's weren't coming online. And it was because I was stressed out trying to do it.
1: Yeah, I can totally relate cause that's how I was about meditation for years. I tried so hard to meditate, y'all. I even lived at a Tibetan monastery and couldn't get into a meditative state because I was trying so hard. But as soon as I stopped trying so hard and just sat there on my butt, which is like the best meditation advice I ever got from anyone was, Elizabeth, just sit there on your butt and don't do anything else. Then boom, I dropped into a meditative state and now I can get into a meditative state anytime, anywhere. It's easy. So I love that. I love connecting that. It is inside of you. Our intuition needs naturally gets better, easier to access, stronger, more accurate, the more calm and centered
0: we are. One of the things that we've started doing is the nonlinear movement method before each meeting. And I love that we do that because before we were doing that, I would go into the meeting with a list of to-dos and trying to figure out how to make it all work. Now that we're taking time to do the nonlinear movement method, move our bodies, regulate our nervous systems, get ourselves to a state where we can receive that intuitive knowledge and that intuitive wisdom and then share it, it's like it sets the day up for us. You know, it takes away a lot of that stressful mind planning piece and it allows for the intuition and the planning brain to kind of work together.
1: Right, the creativity just flows. The ideas just suddenly appear. And that happens with that brainwave shift out of the stress response into the relaxation response. And your theta waves get stronger. What I love is all this stuff is measurable and scientific equipment like How cool is that, that we can now actually measure and have data for these things? It's so freaking cool, especially with something that
0: can be as elusive and hard to pin down as intuition. Yeah, the HeartMath Institute has tools that can measure the magnetic field of the heart up to three feet away from a person around all sides. So freaking awesome. Right?
1: So we were saying how stress can distort your intuition and, you know, trauma is stuck Stress. Stress piles up in the soft tissue of your body. It creates these neural loops where we think these painful thoughts over and over. So, trauma is kind of that next layer covering your intuition. I know so many women that work with me want to learn how to trust their intuition more, want to grow their intuition. And as we release more and more of their trauma, their intuition comes in so much
0: stronger. And You can learn the non-linear movement method in our super slowdown stress release class, the second Saturday of every month. We'd love to meet you over Zoom. Just go to the love.school to register. That's the love.school. Thanks so much, and we'll see you on the second Saturday.
1: When I was searching for memes to post in our love school group on facebook any of you ladies can get into that free support group on facebook just look for the love school when i was looking for memes on intuition a lot of them were talking about your soul speaking they're really beautiful memes i use some of them but it's also like well How can I hear my soul if it's speaking to me? Like, again, how do I know if it's my soul speaking, if it's my fear, or if it's my freaking trauma speaking from the beliefs I formed, from the painful things that have gone on in my life? How can I tell the difference? I actually lived that question for like over a decade. That question was so alive in me. Is it fear? Is it intuition? Uh, And one of the things I've come to is that intuition feels really unemotional and I hate to use this word, but I'm using it in a positive way. It just feels normal. It just is like, yeah, this is what is, right? There's just a knowing that isn't a knowing that I feel like I have to defend or stick up for or feel passionate about. I actually trust that less because it has some like drama and over-emotionality connected to it. That's become like a warning sign. Ooh, maybe this isn't intuition. If it's got all this strong emotion attached to it, it just might not be intuition. Where it's just like, oh yeah, totally a matter of course, Uh uh-huh. Mm -hmm, moving along. That's how my intuition
0: just naturally appears in me. I love that. And I think that would be really, really helpful too, for people who are trying to discern, is this my mind that's making this up or is it intuition? So does it feel natural? Is there kind of a, you know, you didn't use this word, but almost like a neutrality to it. Like there's not all the charge. Yes,
1: that's it. Neutrality. That is the word. (laughs)
0: Perfect.
1: And then I think People also get really caught up in being intuitive for or about someone else. I think the ego can get really wrapped up in that where, oh, I'm super intuitive. So I know everything that's going on with my boyfriend or (laughs) I think that's something to be really more discerning with than some people are and maybe just staying more open, and curious because we tend to do a thing in romantic relationship where we think the other person should be totally psychic about us and we should be totally psychic about them. And because we're so in love, we should just have this perfect intuition between us. And I will speak for myself. I have found (laughs) that it is much healthier for me in my romantic relationship if I don't assume that what I'm intuiting is automatically correct. It is healthier for me if I ask questions and gain clarification. So I might get a, hmm, I think Dale might be feeling upset about something, but I don't feel upset. So I'm just gonna ask really cleanly like, hey babe, how you doing? Whereas in my past, I would get that, oh, I think Dale's upset about something. What did I do wrong? I must have done something wrong. Maybe there's something really horrible going on in his life. Maybe something's wrong with his grandparent. Like, like I would have just sort of spun out about it. And so that feeling sense, like, do I feel pretty neutral and I'm not spinning out? Like, that's a good way for me to know, like, oh, I'm just using healthy intuition here and I'm going to go get some more information. You know, it's a sense, just like smell, hear, touch, taste. It is a sense. And maybe this just comes with age, too, is I'm just better at asking more questions now and gaining more information so I can have discernment. I don't put the pressure on myself that just because I'm a totally psychic healer, I can see inside energy fields really accurately that I, quote unquote, should be perfectly intuitive at all times.
0: Yeah, I love how you normalized asking for clarity and asking questions and situations and not assuming that you know what somebody else is feeling or what they're not feeling. I consider myself a highly uh, sensitive person and intuitive and empath and I know that a lot of other people who consider themselves those things can get into relationship and get confused with how their energy feels versus how their partner's energy feels and I wish that this was a skill that was taught in elementary schools. My intuition development coach, Kara Potts, hi, if you're listening, I love you. She always says, well, get really familiar with what your own energy feels like inside your body. How she recommends to do that is to literally stand with your feet shoulder width apart. I like to do it with my feet on the earth. you say your full name and you say it so that you can feel the vibration of your name Inside your body so words have vibrations we are vibrational beings so I would sit there and say Casey Aaron Hall Casey Aaron Hall Casey Aaron Hall Casey Aaron Hall and I would see where that vibration where I feel it throughout my whole body just with a sense of curiosity and then you do that again and again until you start to realize like I know when I say that right now when I'm fully occupying my own energy I can feel it it goes all the way up through the top of my head straight down through my vagina into the earth and I know that my energy has this kind of like electric a little bit faster paced spunky upbeatness energy to it and when I am feeling off sometimes I can do that exercise and check in and be like okay and say my name Casey Aaron Hall Casey Aaron Hall Casey Aaron Hall and I can feel if there's part of me that doesn't feel like I'm occupying my energy and sometimes it's because we are vibrational beings whose energy fields cross one another and we pick up other people's energy. And so that's an opportunity for me to release that person's energy and then fill that space back up again with my own. And so I love that skill. I wish I had known it earlier (laughs) because I think I would have not confused uh, how someone else was feeling or taken that on myself.
1: That's a fan-freaking-tastic slowdown skill. Thank you, Casey, for bringing that in. So beautiful. You've got to know what your energy feels like and be solid in that so that you can tease out what's mine, what's someone else's energy, what's my thoughts, what's someone else's thoughts. We have everyday intuition that we're all using all the time. And then there's people like Casey and I who use it for a living. And we need to get more and more and more polished and highly skilled at it so we can tell the difference between what's mine and what's yours. Because otherwise, we just, listen, y'all, we naturally superimpose our shit onto other people. We just do it. You're not alone in that. We all do it and it's a skill you can learn but it requires really slowing down and not just bulldozing forward full steam ahead thinking that you should know everything or because once in a while your intuition's been right so you just should know it all all the time like we want to help you to slow down take that pressure off yourself and really get strongly rooted and grounded into you into feeling the oneness with everything so that your intuition can get stronger, clearer, and more helpful. Because we can use intuition for all kinds of things in our life. We can use it to make sure our biological needs are met with food, with water, with rest, with movement, right? You need those things for your brain to function properly, brain's not functioning properly because body's not functioning properly,
0: your intuition is not going to function properly. Meeting the biological needs is so important that it is the foundational step that you and I do as we're working together and that we do before we work with our clients. I would not be able to show up in integrity with one of my clients if my biological needs weren't met to the extent where my um, emotional system was deregulated or I couldn't tap into my intuition or even just be present. Absolutely.
1: What's been gaining a lot of popularity in the last few years is intuitive eating. And I love what my food coach said to me. She said, intuitive eating has its place, but when you've got medical problems like I had, informed eating is better until you can get to a place where intuitive eating can help. And I love that too, right? Because I was dysregulated in my biology for years in ways that doctors couldn't figure out. I mean, (laughs) my problems were vast. So like I needed that knowledge for my body now, what's going to heal my body now? Because the truth was, I thought I was healthily eating since I was a teenager. I was vegan. I fasted a lot. I thought I was being this healthy, intuitive eater, and I completely messed up my whole GI system. So what? What's interesting about that too is, hey, our intuition can be on in some ways and really off in other ways. That's another facet of intuition that's important to acknowledge. We're not going to do it perfectly in every single area of
0: our life all the time. It's not a fail safe. I started off by saying intuition is the highest form of intelligence and I do stand by that. And it doesn't mean that everything else is less important.
1: Right, because we have to bring in discernment. Discernment is one of my favorite words. (laughs) We've got to have the information, but not let information cancel intuition. We've got to have our intuition, but not let intuition cancel information. We gather them together, right? Intuition's the feminine, information's the masculine. We bring them together, in wholeness to help us make informed intuitive
0: decisions and take healthy action. One way I like to make that dance a little easier is becoming very aware of my body of my physical sensations and using that to guide my using that to influence my decisions on the type of alcohol I want to have that night what kind of foods that I want to consume what kind of atmosphere that I want to be in if I'm at someplace that the atmosphere doesn't feel good you know do I want to feel do I want to go somewhere else while at the same time inviting my mind and all of the knowledge that I know around alcohol and food and being in a smoky bar like how terrible that is for you right so it's it's kind of like inviting them both in it's kind of just like an easy way of going through life sometimes continuing to consult my body because it really is this constant source of, of information and wisdom I was at an event last weekend and met this girl and we decided to go to this cacao shop with like all of these cool crystals and rose water and, and whatnot and this girl is in some high-level analytics position very very bright and also very well read and versed on wellness and the brain and like that that's her jam and she also has a developed intuitive side and so she's standing over by the products and she's like going back and forth between these three tinctures one was to enhance brain health the others to enhance heart health and the other was to enhance your sexual health and she's like, I don't know which one of these that I want. And I was like, I have an idea. Please hand them to me. And she hand them to me and I put them down. I go, close your eyes. And she closes her eyes. I was like, yeah, go put your hands out. I put one in her hand and she would sit there and I could see her body soften. And I said, well, where do you feel that one? She goes, oh, that just shot right up the left side of my head and I go, interesting. So I put it down, here's the second one. And I was like, where do you feel this one? And she's like, my vagina. And I was like, interesting. And I put it down and then the third one, I was like, where's this? She's like, Oh. heart is just exploding and so then I had her open her eyes and in order she got every single one right and her eyes got super wide and I was like your body is so wise. It's so much wiser than we often give it credit for, than we often don't slow down enough to even hear its wisdom. And so she's like, I'm gonna do this with everything. I was like, yeah, like that's kind of my jam. Like, that's how I pick breakfast. That's how I do it. Like I Like, I'll run my hand over a menu sometime and stop and be like, yeah, it's a skill that I've developed. I love it. I do that with menus too. Instead of with my hand, I
1: just kind of let my eyes fall down the page and they'll just stop on something Like when we were out a couple of weeks ago and it stopped on the pate and I have never in my life ordered pate in a restaurant because normally it just grosses me out. And that freaking pate was the most delicious, nourishing thing I've ever eaten. It was amazing, right? Like we were losing our minds over it. And it came with a warm pretzel.
0: I mean, come on, people. A warm sourdough pretzel that's kind of where that like even one step deeper in the body awareness is like I remember taking a bite of that and not only was it like a flavor explosion and just like an absolute delight but my whole body was a yes to it it was freaking awesome
1: another way I've used intuition was when I first realized years ago like oh shit I think I'm really sick my intuition told me to call a very specific friend. He was an acupuncturist and I told him my symptoms and he said, that sounds like gallbladder disease. You need an acupuncturist. And I called one of my besties, Stacey Kerr. I love you, girl. Because I was at work taking care of other people, I needed her help and I said, I need you to gather local acupuncturists for me. Get a list going. So I called her between clients and I had her just read down the list of names. And I went, no, no. No, no. As <laughs> she's reading name after name after name, and then she says, "Doctor Tsui," and I said, "Yes, that's it." And I called that doctor, went to see her, and she said, "I'm going to treat you, but if you're not better in an hour, I'm taking you to the emergency room myself, and you're having your gallbladder removed." And she treated me, and I never had another gallbladder attack. Now she put me on very specific pills. If you're having gallbladder problems, these pills are by Evergreen Herbs. They're called Dissolve GS, Dissolve Gallstones. They dissolve your gallstones without pain. I was on them for four months, got an abdominal ultrasound, had a totally clear gallbladder. She was the one. I used her like a GP. I mean, she just helped me with everything. It did not matter what was going on with my body. She was my girl. Now we're years later and I live across the country and I still text her and call her when shit's going on and get her opinion. Again, that combination of intuition, information, intuition,
0: information. Then you make that formed decision and take action. And what I love about that story too is it also highlights that intuition just like everything else is not a one person job when I'm feeling particularly stuck around something and I'm like listen there's no way I'm gonna be able to regulate my nervous system or even if I can get to that place where I feel like I can regulate my nervous system and try to seek wisdom and seek answers I, I, I need help I need to use my wellness team outreach my friends let the infinite intelligence that is intuition work its way through however many people it needs to. I'm so glad you said that, especially because in my past,
1: I didn't even know how to ask for help, let alone actually do it. And so many women who come to me, Do not know how to ask for help and let it in. So Casey and I are giving you full permission to not go it alone, to get help, reach out to trusted friends, use the internet to find resources. None of us are made to do this alone, no matter how fantastic our intuition is.
0: And it can just be like little things. Like I went shopping with my mom yesterday. We're looking for a place to eat. And we walk by one of the vendors and my mom stops and she goes, this woman is going to know where to eat. This woman goes, oh my God, yes, you have to go to Crabby's. They have the best crabs in the entire universe. And she was like this crab aficionado. And I'm like, I love blue crabs. She should probably work for this restaurant because she like really sold it. So we're like, great, we're gonna get crabs. So we walk up to this restaurant and all of a sudden, the energy's just a little bit off. Like we were so excited about this, but we could feel there was a little offness and I couldn't quite figure out what it was. And then right as we're looking at the menu, there's a sign right in front that says, sorry, we're out of crabs. <laughs> So we start to look through the rest of this menu and they're like, but we do have a shrimp tower for $60. I was like, no, I think that this felt right. And then it's not. And so that led us to this other restaurant that ended up being right on the water. We had a beautiful lunch. There was birds everywhere. And that was, you know, where we ended up going. Beautiful. And I want to say
1: they were in Florida, not Pittsburgh. She wasn't getting Pittsburgh crabs.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> From the Allegheny River. <laughs> Don't ever
0: eat anything that comes out of our rivers. They're beautiful, but... They're for looking, not for touching. (laughs) Right, yes. So I am still smiling because uh, last week I had an opportunity to go to an event that was hosted by one of my personal favorite podcasters, Aubrey Marcus. And there were 60 humans that I never met. And one of the activities was this guided meditation. I saw this vision and it was very clear and the vision was everybody that was sitting in this big barn had roots and these roots grew down out of them like trees and then there was this light energy that shot up through each person there and then connected to what looked like this, almost like a light circuit board above. And there was this feeling of everybody here, we are connected, but we're also joining because these connections are going to go way beyond this event. That was the kind of like gist of it. And then I opened my eyes and the vision was gone. And I remember momentarily doubting myself, which is why I'm sharing this story. I'm being like, oh, well, that was weird. Probably didn't mean anything, which is the worst thing I've ever done in my intuition development it is still the thing that i have to stop doing when your intuition comes in it's going to be weird a lot of the time and the, and the brain's not going to understand what it looks like and you just kind of have to have this like yeah okay i don't really need to give meaning to that it's going to become clear when it becomes clear now that we're in this podcast talking about it i was in a completely calm state that came in as clear as can be there was no reaching there was no anything. It was just like, here's what I'm seeing. So a couple of days later, I get an email from this organization and they thanked everybody for coming. They talked about trees. They talked about all of us being united. They talked about planting seeds. They talked about how like when everybody felt into this, that was like this gathering that really created roots and is going to be foundational for the continuation of this program. And it was funny because as I was reading this, I was just laughing. I was like, yeah, that was my vision. It's literally what I saw. And so just sharing that piece too, because when you're developing your intuition, just trust, don't doubt yourself because that's when it takes a lot longer to develop. So,
1: Slowdown fans, we've got one more slowdown skill for you, and it's coming from our sponsor, Mother Nature. And then we'll go into our slowdown interview and
0: slowdown song. Hey, Slowdown fans, it's me, Mother Nature. If you want to increase your intuition, I can make it easy on you. Just go ahead and sit down by a tree, close your eyes, and breathe. Feel the wind on your face, hear the birds, and allow the stillness to wash over you. In no time at all, you'll start to feel united with me, with nature, with your inherent nature. That's where the magic of intuition lives. You're welcome.
1: And now for your slow down interview. On today's show, we are blessed to talk with Paul Gilmartin. He is the host of the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast. He's a former stand-up comedian. You may have seen his half-hour special on Comedy Central Presents and was the co-host of TBS's Dinner and a Movie from 1995 to 2011.
0: Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show, Paul.
2: Thank you, and I appreciate you having me, and I love the name of your show. It's such a great word of advice. Slow the fuck down. Unless you're driving in front of me, and then speed the fuck up. (laughs) There's an elderly lady that bags groceries at uh, the store that I shop at. Every time she gets assigned to the lane that I'm checking out at, I'm confronted with my need to slow the fuck down because I just want to scream, what the fuck is taking you so long? And of course, you know, being somebody who's in recovery and goes to therapy, I immediately know it's my issue. It's not her. She's just acting like somebody who's bagging groceries, who's 75 years old, and I need to go what am i what am i in a hurry for i'm gonna get home and call my dog 500 different names and pet her and tell her she's a princess and uh you know surf the internet what is the rush
1: (laughs) well you know it's i think it's good to hear in a way that we can all relate how we can be very challenged to slow the fuck down
2: You know, when you hear that 60 minutes clock ticking in your brain, which I have felt for so much of my life, especially my adult life, I think especially post-college where you feel like now all of a sudden, you know, like in the Kentucky Derby, that the gate has opened. There's this sense of now I'm in competition with my peers or myself or whatever. That clock, that figurative clock is, it's a hard thing to wrestle with.
1: Yeah. And I think trauma does that to all of us. You know, yeah,
2: I never thought that it was trauma related
1: so that that sense of pressure when there's that sense of tension or pressure that we feel and the way it can manifest is that constantly being aware of time really that is a trauma signal that your system is in that moment at least overloaded with stress hormones we call it your your threat bucket is overflowing
2: oh wow.
1: So that even that woman that's bagging the groceries slowly can overflow your threat bucket.
2: Yeah. I should mention also the woman bagging the groceries is my mom. So maybe that's why. That's
1: the real trigger. (laughs) There it is.
2: Yeah. That makes sense, though, about the about trauma,
1: right? Trauma comes whenever there's a sensation of feeling trapped.
2: Oh, wow.
1: So so in that moment, there can be that sensation of feeling trapped, right? She is blocking you from moving forward at the pace that's right for you. And so part of of healing from trauma is getting our our pace and dose, right? So your pace is being impeded at the pace you want to move at, and it can throw you off. And that's why a lot of the work Casey and I do in the love school is helping people to regulate their nervous system in a way that feels good for them. And we're all different. We all need a different uh, pace. I bet your pace is is faster than mine, because I'm slow AF. So I'll stand there forever and chat with the checkout person. (laughs) Like I'm on the opposite end, although I bag my own groceries. But (laughs) that also takes care of that problem. But yeah, right. So your pace is getting messed up and then you're, you're, you're being blocked from moving forward. So that's that sense of being trapped. Threat bucket overflows.
2: Oh, yeah. So I imagine anything where autonomy is affected is gonna be fair game for the fight or flight part of your brain to go, let's get out.
1: That's the trauma talking right there. Let me out. Yeah. And Casey and I got it, dude, you're not alone. <laughs> that's why we talk about it so much
2: (laughs) it's so interesting how you can go through so much of your life and not realize what is driving the bus absolutely you know you think everybody around me is annoying and this and that and, and i think that's one of the gifts of having to get sober is you finally if you really do the work you're gonna have to go i'm the common denominator in all of these dust-ups and all of these, you know, resentments that, that I have. And I might not have been wrong all the time, but my shit was there all the time.
1: All the time. And that's also why it's so important to be gentle on yourself.
0: And, and a lot of that awareness takes slowing down. It requires slowing down to even realize like, oh, I'm at fault or oh, I mean, I'm being really hard on myself
2: that was the hard part i've been sober about seven years and i had to start going to a second support group you know the first support group it helps you find out where you're the asshole and the second support group helped me find out where i was an asshole to myself and i tolerated assholes in my life you know generally speaking
1: yeah and that's a lot of the work we do in the love yourself program right because it if we're too busy speeding forward, we'll speed over all of that self-responsibility and or we speed into beating ourselves up too fast.
2: And I imagine in today's day and age, slowing down is harder than ever because we all use distractions to to not feel. Every day I will play my video games for some amount of time just because I don't even want to think about what it is that I should be doing.
1: Well, but you know what? anything can be used as a tool to hurt or a tool to help and I have a lot of talks about this with my partner who plays a lot of video games if playing the video game soothes your nervous system Mm -hmm. and you can use it as a tool of healing it's allowed to be there it's allowed to be one of the actions we promote having at least six actions that soothe and calm you and help you calm your nervous system and feel centered again
2: well that's what I wanted to hear
1: Right? Yeah. So if you can use it in a way where it's like, oh, OK, you know what? I'm going to give myself this half hour or whatever it is. And this is my self-soothing time. OK
2: if only i had ever only played it for a half hour this would be so great if you had accidentally said five hours i'd be like oh this is fantastic
1: but you know what it's helping you in some way
2: yes it does and it's certainly a lot less destructive than the ways that i used to try to soothe myself
1: right so what are some ways where slowing down has helped you
2: It's helped me get back on my body. My body used to be my enemy, you know, because it was the scene of the crime. To trust people was very difficult for me, even though it wasn't on a conscious level. There was something uncomfortable about just letting go. And it wasn't until I started processing the memories and being kind to myself that I began to feel more relaxed, more comfortable in my body, and didn't feel trapped in whatever room I was in with other people. And I realized as as I began to slow down that my body could actually be an instrument to tell me really important things, whether it was information that I was distorting or information that was the truth and my stomach in particular was something that i began listening to because i used to tell myself if i if i would you know my stomach would tighten up around certain people i would just tell you know being raised catholic i'd tell myself well you're a terrible person you know you need to endure this person or give them what they want and once i began to question that and say is it a, is it a healthy desire for me to want to leave this room you know because i'm not enjoying this person's company and and telling myself yes that is a right sized desire or need you need to take care of yourself and it's okay to say no to that invitation to that person they don't have to know why that was huge because Then when I would walk out the front door in my life, that was one less person I felt controlled by or beholden to. You know, when you grow up as the golden child in a family, it's terrifying being at the mercy of keeping other people happy it's an awful way to go through the world you know that badge of honor that everybody likes you you know quote unquote first of all is wrong there's always going to be people that don't like you it's one of the cruelest things that you can do to to yourself because you go through life not knowing who you are what you even like so it wasn't until i slowed down that i began to realize oh this type of person gets on my nerves. They're not a bad person. They're just not for me. And I don't have to accept their invitation. And I don't have to sit next to them at dinner. And it's okay. And they don't have to know that I don't like them. You know, as we as we say in my support group, what somebody thinks of me is none of my fucking business.
0: Paul, you just spoke a lot of wisdom there of the, of the power of slowing down and what it can do. Everything from it helping you feel more connected to your body to feeling more comfortable in your body, to recognizing that like the sensations that your body's giving you are actual information that you can use to, to set boundaries and to better know how you're feeling in a situation and how you need to show up. There's so much there. And all of that does require slowing down. It's kind of like the, the step one is like, okay, take a breath, slow down. And the second is, is the finding safety part. And I feel like those two have to, have to really be there in order for anyone to experience those things that you, that you just shared. So thank you.
1: I'm really glad to hear that you're setting those healthy boundaries for yourself, slowing down, allowing yourself to feel your body and that your skill is improving and improving.
2: Yes. And, and I think it's all, at least for me, it's a lot of two steps forward, one step back, because I will often retreat to the escapes that, you know, if they were in moderation It would be soothing but you know when i play video games for six hours that's a way of escaping my life rather than having that healthy balance but the first time i did an afternoon meditation i went and did dishes afterwards and i felt like i was underwater washing the dishes my limbs felt like they were just it just felt like water i just felt like like a noodle and hear that 60 minutes clock ticking in my brain and i went Holy shit, there is something to this meditation thing. That was nice to know that there was an alternative universe in my brain that I could access if I was willing to sit down for 20 minutes. And I don't often get to experience that noodly feeling. Just knowing that the opposite of the noodly feeling isn't necessarily reality is nice to know that, that it doesn't have to be the way it, it feels.
1: Yeah, it gets to feel different.
2: Yeah.
0: You just beautifully described meditation and how that can be profound and, and help you slow down what slowdown advice would you have for others?
2: The first question I would I would ask them is, do you have any trauma in your life? And most people probably do to, to some degree or another. And I would say, would you consider trying some type of modality to treat trauma? Because I think if your body can purge the cellular trauma, the stuff that you will never be able to put into words, that's the biggest hurdle in being able to relax and slow down. And I would say it's corny and cliche, but breathe. Just fucking breathe.
1: Well, it isn't corny and cliche, it's neuroscience. So you're right on. Your brain needs two things to function at the right level. It needs fuel and movement. And fuel is in the form of oxygen and CO2 and the right balance and then nutrition. But if you're breathing or your nutrition is off, your brain function will be off and the trauma will just keep pelting and pecking away at you, right? And then if you don't have the movement in, it's going to stay stuck in your cells. So you're right on, man.
2: The other advice I would give is if you were a little kid, you know, go back to when you were eight years old, how would you want to spend the next hour or your day? Go do that, you know, ride a bike, call a friend, see a movie, go for an ice cream. You know, one of those things, I think it's so easy to get out of touch with what we really like as we become adults and we think about the rent and this person and that person and moving forward. Sometimes we forget to be silly, one of the, the support groups that I go to one night, we went trampolining. Yes. There's a group of us were in our 30s, 40s and 50s and we're just out there just being kids, jumping on these trampolines and we had pizza and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And of course there was a part of me that was like, "I want to go trampolining. There's going to be traffic. Where am I going to park?" You know, and that is the enemy of silliness and being present and being in the moment and and freeing ourselves from that loop of trauma dread or whatever you want to call it.
1: Even though we do very, very serious trauma-informed healing work, Casey and I have a promise that we make it fun and we bring in the silly and we bring in the lighthearted and we bring in the fun things to do and we do it for each other and for our people. Just, I mean, that's part of I thought of to have you on this show is because you do it so beautifully in the Mental Illness Happy Hour podcast, bringing in the light to the dark.
2: Thanks. I appreciate that. And I think that's one of the things that helped me fall in love with support groups was, you know, you'd be in tears one minute and then laughing harder than you ever have the next minute on a really deep level, like on a way that you connect so deeply. That was profound for me in realizing that help isn't always icky and boring, that it can actually be really life affirming and surprising and fun.
1: Beautiful. I hope you're listening to this wisdom, slowdown fans, because he is throwing down. <laughs> Paul is throwing down today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. And humor's cathartic, humor's medicine. It's something that is accessible in a way that I think also helps the more challenging stuff be more palatable, if you will, or at least helps kind of bring it in. Yeah. Paul, do you have a favorite slowdown song?
2: I don't know if there's one in particular, but, um, you know, the the album Dark Side of the Moon uh, by Pink Floyd, there's some some songs on that that are, I don't know, it just kind of takes me someplace else. It's almost like time traveling. So I think any kind of song that takes you to a, you know, a figurative place in your head where you forget about all the stuff that you're you're worrying about. I would say that. How about you guys? You've, you've probably answered this a hundred times, but.
0: Yeah, we probably have come up with over a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> My latest one's been weird. Oh, well, it's been interesting. I've been listening to uh, sound frequencies. Oh, cool. Cool. I, like 528 hertz is the one that has been really speaking to me and I'll literally just on, go on Spotify and do 528 hertz. And I listen to it as I'm cleaning or cooking and it just, slows me down it brings me to the moment I'm not focused on words, so there's something about it. I just really kind of lets me get into a, a flow state of what I'm doing rather than being so rigid. Oh, so that's just been the one that's been calling to me lately and you know there's there's schools of, of thought out there that um, say it's connected to cellular repair. the the vibrations of that particular frequency can help with cellular repair and I've just been drawn to it.
2: I mean, if frequencies can cause a bridge to collapse, why wouldn't they be able to help our cells repair?
0: There's been a lot
1: of great work done with that. They did these experiments where they put sand on a metal plate and then played the frequency under the metal plate. So the the metal plate would shake at this certain frequency and it would create these uh, perfect geometric designs. What? And then as they change the frequencies, the geometric designs change. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal to watch it'll blow your mind and then all the work done with mo- water molecules and water crystals and the frequencies were played or thoughts were directed to it and then they uh, they they super magnify all the different uh, water crystals and show them it, it's that
2: is so yeah. cool
1: so that that's been my latest slow down music yeah <laughs> so paul how do people find your amazing podcast
2: They can go to the website, which is mentalpod.com, or they can just find it on any uh, podcast platform, you know, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or any, any of that stuff.
1: And it's the Mental Illness Happy Hour.
2: 400, 500 uh, episodes. So there's a lot of them out there. And if there's a particular topic that you're interested in, just Google a keyword and then include the word mental pod and any episodes that deal with that topic will uh, will come up.
1: What if they search for my name on it?
2: They will find your episode, which is w- an awesome episode. Woohoo! Your episode opened my uh, eyes to a lot of stuff around trauma. And uh, it was at a very fortuitous time in my life as well i think i just gone through somatic experiencing too
1: well i'm happy that you have received so much help and that you are so great at helping others and that you came on our show to help our slowdown fans
2: my pleasure always good to reconnect
1: man that was an awesome interview with paul gilmartin thank you paul hey casey what was your favorite
0: part of today's show I love talking about intuition. I I could talk about intuition all day. It is such a profound part of my life that I just have endless gratitude for. So I just geeked out talking about all the different aspects of it. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I think my favorite part was
1: reminding myself of how neutral I feel when my intuition is on and can be trusted and I can follow it. On our next episode, slow the fuck down with perfectionism. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown.
0: If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.